Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Welcome. It's good to have all of you. It's good to have those of you that were gone last weekend home. We have a lot of people gone this weekend helping family and others get ready for this storm. And uh, I do want to say before I get in the word this morning, just, you know, as a people, one, continue to pray in faith. Um, use wisdom. If you know, nobody knows what's going to happen in the storm. For those of you who haven't heard, it's now not only a Category 5, but as of 11 o'clock, the sustained winds are 175 miles an hour with, with gusting of over 200. That's hitting the Bahamas uh, as we speak. And uh, nobody knows where exactly that thing's going to go. So you need to use wisdom. And uh, obviously, the Rock School is closed on Tuesday, I believe, already. And uh, we'll just keep our ears open. The thing has slowed down so much that it, it really is just play by play. But, but listen, don't sit around in front of your TV and get all jacked up either. My gosh, you know, pray and there's nothing you can do about it. Sitting watching eight hours will do nothing but just stimulate fear and worry. And uh, you'll be out taping your windows. With t- How many of you lived long, long ago when we used to tape windows? Like, like that was going to do something. My wife, man, Storm could be out there like three weeks out. And she'd say, honey, got to tape the windows. <laughs> Just kidding. She'd only do that like two days out. But she, she survived um, Hurricane Betsy in New Orleans. Uh, and that was a terrific, horrific storm. And uh, so, uh, you know, just use a lot of wisdom and uh, use it as an opportunity to teach your children, pray over your kids, deal with their fears when they have it, and stand in faith with them, pray over them, stand uh, encouraging them that mom and daddy are going to keep them safe and that if you need to head, head west, then head west and, uh, or north or northwest, uh, whichever way you go. I was out doing a prayer walk last night and... Uh, I'm out there just having a good, good time, prayer time, and worshiping the Lord. Had my had my ear pods on, is just worshiping. All of a sudden, I look up and I see this flock of birds. I don't know what kind of birds they were. They weren't crows because they weren't weren't uh, what were they? So they were just like coming by the thousands. But hear me, they're not smart birds. They weren't birds flying from the southeast to the northwest. No, they were coming from the northwest, and they were flying southeast towards the storm. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? I know God gave you better sense than that. I mean, for 10 minutes, there was just a stream of these birds about 150 feet, and they were just, they were just trucking it somewhere. So anybody that's got wisdom want to help me out after church, tell me what that was all about. I'm sure somebody has a prophetic word over what was going on, but... To me, it was just birds flying in the wrong direction. All right. It's good to have you today. Before I get into the message, which I have a word in my heart for us, um, I actually have more points in the pre-message notes than I have in my actual preaching notes. But there's some important things we need to share with you, and so I'm going to go through these uh, as quickly as possible. But first and foremost, without rushing, Suzanne and I want to say a huge thank you for making last week our 32nd anniversary of ministry here at the Rock of Gainesville. I think the best anniversary celebration we've ever had, and one of the reasons was we had 13 people give their heart to Jesus Christ. Come on, last week, uh, between both services. 
We had six in the first service and seven in the second, and most of them were new people in our house, new families, and so I rejoice over that and, and, uh, because I believe that salvation is the absolute greatest day in any person's life. The angels in heaven absolutely have a celebration of worship, crying out, holy, holy, holy to the Lord, every time one person comes to Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. And so I never want to take that for granted. I don't want to get so used to it. We've had, uh, I think, around 173, 174 people come to Christ this year here at the Rocket Games. Well, I think we ought to give the Lord an ovation for that as well every single Sunday. And uh, just rejoicing at the new beginnings, the new life that's coming forth. And as much as uh, families are giving birth to new little babies, the kingdom of God is birthing those that are new into the body of Christ. And uh, it's not the end. Salvation's not the end. Salvation's the beginning. Salvation is that opportunity to find out why you were created, what your purpose is in life. God created you with no bad thoughts, no evil thoughts. He thinks good thoughts every time he thinks about you. He, he was, you're, you were his idea in your mother's womb. God had already named you, claimed you. He had already put his DNA in you. He had already marked you with gifts and talents and abilities, personality. All of that comes from our father. No matter, no matter what your birth situation is or was, the greater news is that even though when we think there were accidents and mistakes, God has a reason and God's handiwork is on your life. And man, God wants to redeem you, to help you to find out what it is that he created you for. Man, I rejoice over the idea one day I'm going to be in heaven. But I love living on the earth that God gave me. Every day when I set out on a prayer walk, one of the first things I do is I give thanks to God for his creation and that I get to enjoy it. That I get to walk around and just enjoy life and breath and the trees and the birds and the deer and the turkey and, the, and even the gophers. I mean, just whatever's out there. I just enjoy God's creation. And, and I love breathing in God's oxygen and his air. Everything about the goodness of God is seen in creation. And we are his creation. Can you say amen to that? So those of you that know Jesus, but you look like you've been sucking on sour lemons all week, hear me. Jesus wants to fill you up with something that will make you smile on your face and have a sweetness in your heart and give you the inexpressible joy that comes from knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen to that? Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Why? Man, it looks like everything's going rough in your life. Yeah, but Jesus is still a good daddy. God is still a good father. God, listen, in the midst of this storm, hear me. If the storm goes away from Florida, God's a good God. But hear me, if it hits Florida, God's still a good God. He's a good God. And in the midst of storms of life, God's always going to show himself mighty on our behalf when we come into the fullness of who he is. So I just encourage you in that. I started this with saying thank you from Suzanne and I. So thank you uh, for uh, just being a part of last week. It was a wonderful celebration. Thank you for the tremendous offering that you blessed Suzanne and I with. We're incredibly grateful. 
for that. Uh, a few other things real important. Last week, we p- passed out for everyone that wanted one, a new 21-day prayer guide. Uh, we had one in January. Uh, that was different. That's basically five different types of prayer. That, that prayer guide will get you through this year and through the millennial. This one right here right now is a prayer guide specifically for right here, right now. We are praying 21 days. I know we're already a week into it, but it's not too late. We have some of these on the back table in the back. When you leave, you can pick this up. You see, if you'll take this and just pray every day, we're praying very specifically uh, as a church family over different areas. Today is day seven. We're praying for church increase. We read out of Hebrews chapter three and first Peter chapter two. There's a place in here for you to write notes, what you're praying about specifically for, what you're believing God for. And the cool thing is you're joining 800 other people in this house that are praying the exact same prayers that you're praying over the same thing. We prayed over our children children already. We prayed over families. We prayed over businesses. And so for 21 days, we're going to be praying through this. And I encourage you to become a part and uh, join that. Also starting today, right now, actually, uh, Growth Track starts. We have Growth Track every single month. And I uh, encourage you, if you're new in our house, to sign up. There'll be a new class starting in October. Uh, if you're part of this body and you've been here forever uh, and you went through covenant class another uh, lifetime ago, I encourage you to take the time, take a month, go through Growth Track. You can come to first service, breakfast on us every week in between services, and then you can go through Growth Track and just really hear uh, the things that Holy Spirit's doing in our church family today, the life of our house. Uh, It's a a really neat class. We actually, in the second week of the class, we take you through a little um, uh, gifting test to kind of help you find out what your uh, natural giftings are, what your spiritual gifts are, and kind of helps you to find out you're always grumpy. We don't want you at our front door greeting people. We don't want grumpy people (laughs) at the front door. Now, we might need a grumpy person out in the park lot just to help grumpy people park where they're supposed to park uh, with a smile on your face. But but we want to help you to find out really what is your gifting? What do you, what do you enjoy doing? Some of you have the gift of hospitality and you just want to you just want to serve everybody all the time. Some people have the gift of prayer. Some people uh, have uh, the gift of giving. They just if you make five dollars, you're trying to find four dollars of places where you can sow into the kingdom of God. You want to help somebody. People are thirsty. You, you just can't help yourself. You got to give them a bottle of water. They're hungry. You got to feed them. You have new neighbors move in. You got to take them a dish of food, man. I'm telling you, you you have a gift. We want to help you to find those. And so in this four-week class, uh, you'll learn some things about yourself and we'll help you find out how you can serve here in the body of Christ. Uh, The fourth thing is, uh, I announced this last Sunday, Two weeks from tonight, uh, September the 15th, 5 o'clock, I am going to have a meeting with everybody in the house that has a heart for missions. I'm going to share our vision for uh, the next three to five years, what we're doing, what we're praying about, what we're believing for. This year, we've had over 400 people involved in missions, both here in our Jerusalem, Gainesville, uh, and in the uttermost parts of the world, in in Peru, in Cuba, uh, in Africa. I leave in four weeks for China for a couple of weeks. We'll be back in Cuba in November teaching pastors. So we're going to just share vision and uh, help you to kind of catch hold of what God said. For 32 years as a church family, for 31 of those 32 years, the Rock of Gainesville has been involved in missions. We have sown millions of dollars into the needs of the world. 
And I believe it's one of the reasons our ministry is blessed the way it is and God's done through us what he's done because this house has a heart to seek and to save those who are lost. God loves lost people. Matter of fact, he says to the shepherds, look at your flock. You got a hundred of them. If one's missing, you want to you lock up the 99 and keep them safe, but you want to go find that one that's lost. God's heart is always to go after those who are hurting. And uh, if you've ever been that person that kind of fell away, slid away, backslid, whatever theological terminology you want to use, it's a wonderful thing when God begins to bring people back into your life that are going to just help you to find out Whatever your pain was, whatever the lie of the enemy that he sold you was, that God never stopped loving you. Well, everything that Jesus did was for you throughout eternity. And that he loves you. And it's never too late to come home to the family of God, to the people of God, to the house of God. Amen. So we're going to share a lot on that next week. And then uh, starting next week, we're going to start a uh, five-week series uh, titled The Joy of Giving, where we're going to be teaching about all the different aspects of giving in the body of Christ, finding out who we are, the things that are important. We'll touch on tithes and offerings and seed time and, and living within your means. We're going to teach principles that uh, many of you that are part of this church family have heard over the years, uh, but we're going to challenge you. We're going to stir you uh, in all areas of giving. Can I, can I just tell you, it's, it's, it's this simple. God is a giver. Satan, the devil, Lucifer, or whatever you want to call him, is a taker. And the question always is this, what are you? Amen? Because God's a giver and he loves to give. And in every family, there are givers, and in every family, there are takers. In every body of Christ, there are givers. In every body of Christ, there are takers. We want to help everybody go from being a taker, come on somebody, to a giver. Because your life will forever be changed when you can come into the fullness of the joy of finding out, man, everything that you have need of, God's already promised and provided. You take what you have and begin to share it with others. Whatever it is, uh, whether it's your, just whatever. Come next week, we're going to start this series, all right? And then lastly, uh, a quick announcement that TR College uh, will be having a barbecue party. Uh, I don't normally make these kind of announcements, but we are kind of launching uh, and uh, uh, making a place for all of our new college students uh, that have come in. We had a whole bunch here last week. So if you're in college, Santa Fe College, University of Florida, or wherever you are, you're off in college, like some of our kids, I see them back today. It's amazing what hurricanes will do. Everybody comes running home to mama's house. And so we've had a lot of students today. Well, they had to because the schools closed down. I said, get out of here, go home. And so welcome all of you that are back today. Uh, but next Sunday night, 530 at the home of Sarah and Jamie Pridgen, there will be a barbecue party for all of our students. Nico Acevedo has accepted uh, uh, a call from me to kind of direct this right now. And uh, he'll be working with Sarah in TR High School Ministry and uh, Yasmin in our TR uh, Middle School Ministry. We're excited about that. Nico, where are you? Uh, Nico, stand up real quick. That's Nico. Nico, be up front after service. 
And uh, for any of you college students that just want to know a little bit more about it, you can come up here and Nico and myself will be up here and we'll, uh, uh, Nico will answer all your questions. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Nico. All right. Let's get into the word. Uh, open up your Bibles this morning to Psalm 51. Let me pray one more time. Father, I clear all these thoughts out of my head, my mind now so that I can preach your word. I pray this word that you've been stirring in me, that stirred our first service, Lord, that this word will accomplish everything you meant it to do today, that we will be built up, edified, strengthened, and encouraged. Pray over anyone, Father, that doesn't know you today uh, in this house or those that are watching online today, that today will be the day of salvation for them, that they can simply choose Jesus, pray a prayer, and see their life eternally forever changed. I give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... All right, I want to talk this morning for a few moments about the joy of salvation. Last week, as I was ministering at the end of both services, Jamie was standing up here on stage beside me, and every head was bowed, every eye was closed, and we were ministering at the end, and I cast the net. And, and as I began to see people respond, and I looked down into their faces um, or their hands as their heads were bowed, many of them, uh, I, I, I had this overwhelming sense of joy uh, about what they were about to experience. There was like a 54-year-old flashback into my childhood when I was eight years old when I personally accepted Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of my life. And, and I look back on that time, 54 years, five decades have come and gone. And sometimes it seems like yesterday, sometimes it seems like forever. But I look back and I, and I often wonder what would have happened in my life had I not made that response, had I not received Jesus Christ as a little eight-year-old boy who was guilty of stealing uh, two-cent bubble gum out of his mama's store and deeply convicted by it and literally ran to the altar crying crocodile tears because I knew I was going to split hell wide open with bubble gum in both hands and stuffed in my pocket, you know, that, that I had this sin. But, but it was so much more than stealing bubble gum from my mama. It was a realization that my heart... God was tugging on me as a little boy. That's why I want to tell you, we take children's ministry here really, really, really important. Uh, no matter if they're back in preschool or they're back in uh, uh, TR Kids or Jam, and uh, they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ when some of these little eight, nine-year-old kids come and get baptized. I love to be in the bas baptismal tank when little eight-year-olds come and, and look me in the face and say, Pastor, I love Jesus and I want to live for him all the days of my life. You know why? Because I was eight years old when I gave my heart to Jesus. I was eight years old when I got baptized. One time, only time I've ever been water baptized because it stuck. It worked because I never got away from it. You say, pastor, you never got into rebellion. Oh yeah, I got stupid. I mean, I just, anybody know stupid besides me? Anybody familiar with stupid? I mean, I was, I was best friends with stupid for a few years of my life, you know, and I just did stupid things that there was no life in it. I remember the first time that at a party, 14 years old, and somebody walked up and, and there were no parents around in this, in this house in Mississippi. Lord have mercy, Ron, it's your influence. But I was in Mississippi living with Cheryl and Bob. And I went to this party, and somebody handed me a can of Schlitz malt liquor. Come on, somebody. That's the nastiest pee water you could ever put in your mouth. I took a swig of that and almost barfed right in front of everybody. I had to wait till nobody was looking, found me a plant, and spit it out. Then I walked around with my can the rest of the night. 
One can. That thing was warm by the end of the night. Hey, you need another beer? Nothing. I just got a fresh one. Three hours ago, got a fresh one. And every time nobody was looking, I'd pour a little bit here and pour a little bit there. I mean, that stuff was nasty. And people were getting, kids were getting drunk and they were getting stupid. And I look back on that area of my life and I thought, no wonder that in the midst of it, I was empty. See, I, I, needed, I needed to be nurtured and fathered and I needed to walk out my salvation. I had truly been saved at eight. I'd truly given my heart to the Lord at 13. I'd leave home uh, for what I thought was a short trip that would last uh, until I went off to college. So I, I never came back home and lived with my parents. But I, I'm out there and I'm, and I'm going to places and I'm doing things and I'm experimenting with stuff that was supposed to make you happy. I mean, I remember the first time somebody handed me a joint, and I'm like, what do you do with it? And they're explaining how you suck this in, and then, and then you close your mouth, and then you do all this, and then you blow it out. And, and I'm looking at them thinking, I'm about to do this, but this, is there anything more stupid? I mean, I'm thinking, I, sh I might as well go out there and wrap my lips around a Volkswagen uh, uh, exhaust pipe. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference here? But they're like, they're smoking this stuff and everybody's being silly and stupid. And so, you know, with peer pressure, what do you do? Man, you wrap your lips around a Volkswagen exhaust pipe and, and you go to smoking and coughing and hacking and puking and doing whatever else. And then you try to smile and you're like, yeah, dude, now, ooh, that was cool. <laughs> there was nothing cool about it. Very addictive. Most of the kids that I did that with in high school, when I came back to Gainesville, most of the kids I'd done that with were still in jail, been in jail for 10 years, kids that I played basketball with. The guys that introduced me to smoking weed was ninth grade Gainesville High School boys locker room. Come on, somebody. County school. And I look in those, that season of my life and I go, how did I know the goodness of God and get so far away where everything that was wrong was trying to be right and everything that was right was all of a sudden not cool. And somehow, hear me this morning, God kept me. I wrapped my lips around some stuff that can kill you. I drank some stuff that can kill you, especially as teenagers. But God had mercy. And I'll never remember, I mean, I'll never forget waking up one day, the very first time I ever got drunk in my life, 16, 17 years old, woke up on, on a morning after the night of a party in somebody's closet that I didn't even know where I was. It was in the Duck Pond area of Gainesville. At a party I'd gone to the night before, I had driven there, didn't know where my car was and woke up lying in my own vomit. Come on, somebody, the height of joy of life right there. 16 years old, and, and, and this is what the world says, this is what we had to offer. Man, all of a sudden, there was a stirring that had begun to happen in me, going, I know this. I don't know what religion has to offer, but, but, but I think God has something better to offer me than this. Man, could, could, do I wish that I could just stand up and say, wow, I just ran back to the altar and got right. No, no, no. I went through about two more years of that, looking for love in all the wrong places, trying to find happiness, 
contentment, excitement for life. And then one day, man, Holy Spirit just said, have you had enough? And I walked back into a church in Winter Haven, Florida. Church seated about 250 people, and there were about 700 young people. This was during the, the, during the Jesus revival, 1975. Anybody old enough that you went through the Jesus revival, a few of us? 1975. I walked into this building, and music was playing. I'd never seen music played in church before. I grew up in a quiet little denominational church, keyboard, maybe a little organ. No expression, no joy. But all of a sudden, I walked into this place, and man, kids were waving at each other. I'm like, what are they doing? Why are they waving at each other? Just waving. <laughs> I thought I'd landed in the middle of a foreign country. They're all worshiping God in some funny language. Music's blaring, guitars are playing, drums are being beat, and I'm going, what in the world is going on? And then all of a sudden, the religious man, isn't that amazing? The devil will use anything he can to keep you from knowing the heart of the Father. So the very thing I left, which was bored church, with no life, no expression, no worship, singing two songs out of the hymnal and skipping two of the verses within the two songs. Because you know only the first, second, and fourth stanzas are anointed of God. That, that poor third stanza. If you're a third stanza of a song, I got you, baby. I know you're feeling right there. You're left out always. First, second, and fourth. And all of a sudden, I'm in this place, and everything that I had ever even dreamed or imagined was in front of me. And now, all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm offended at this. Well, well, what is this? Well, this can't be church. Well, wh why are they acting this way? Why are they playing those, those drums so hard? And why are they playing those guitars? And why are they singing so loud? And why are these kids jumping up and down? Don't they know? And all of a sudden, I'm comparing what these kids uh, were not to what I had come out of and wondering why they weren't that. They weren't that the same reason I wasn't that anymore. No life in it. They had experienced something that I knew not of. They had a joy of salvation that radically affected my life. And I stood there, hands in my pocket, ain't coming out neither. I ain't clapping. I don't care what they do. Not moving my feet. I don't care. You know, sometimes the music would be so good, your toes would just start wiggling inside your shoe. But you're like, uh-uh. No, I'm sticking with my guns right here. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just began to realize God's in this place. His presence is in this place. It's not about religion. It's not about the drums or the guitar. It's about these kids are just crazy in love with Jesus. Man, they were crazy in love. 700 of them packing out a 200-seat auditorium every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Friday night youth ministry. They were just hungry for God. And they would just gather. And they would worship and they would sing. And one day... One day in my spirit, I realized I want what they have. My eight-year-old testimony of salvation doesn't stick any longer. Salvation wasn't the, the end. It was the beginning. See, and I was stuck with it was the beginning, end, and everything else. 
And all of a sudden, I'm watching this and I'm seeing young people experiencing something in God that made me want to hunger for him and, and, and experience a joy unspeakable that I'd never known. And so one night I invited Holy Spirit, if you're real, that's all I said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, I want you. And I opened up my arms and a brother walked up to me and was about to lay hands on me when all of a sudden God got to me before the, the person did and I went to the ground. I went to the ground praying in tongues, lifting up my voice and worshiping God in a freedom that I had never experienced before in my life. And you can tell me all you want, well, that's not real. Well, it was real to me. And 50 years later, 48 years later, it's still real to me. I can't imagine one day without the Holy Spirit. Can't imagine trying to live for God. I mean, Jesus was everything, and yet he was with the disciples, and they kept messing up and messing up and messing up, and he went to the cross alone, and he said to them, finally, before he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he said, if y'all don't know, I'm not preaching my message. I, maybe next week. Uh, but uh, I got a lot of really good notes. I preached it in the first service, but somebody in here needs to hear what I'm saying. But all of a sudden... Man, the presence of Holy Spirit was so strong in my life. And it was no longer about this theology. It was about a personal relationship with the living God. A God that's so real that he talks to you in 2019. That if you will pray, he'll talk back to you. If you invite his presence into your heart, he'll come and fill you with joy and peace, and his presence, and his purpose, and a reason why you're living, and what God wants to do in your life, and what he wants to accomplish in your life. No matter how young you are, or no matter how old you are, man, when you get hungry for God and say, God, I'm tired of all the other stuff, I just want everything that you are, I want. And he will fill you with his presence. If you don't know Jesus today, the greatest thing you could ever do in your life is before you walk out of this place, let me lead you in a prayer and say, Jesus, you're the Savior. I need one. Can't save myself. Will you save me? It's not about did you go to church this week, last week, the week before. It's not about attendance. It's not about all the religious stuff. It's about do you know him because you invited him into your heart. Because when you do, then Jesus said, as the same he said to the disciples, I'm going away, but the Father in my going is going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's not going to come visit you. He's not going to just knock on your door every once in a while. But if you'll open up your heart, he'll come to habitate in your life, and he'll be a part of every day of every part of your life. Every decision you make, you will begin to pray first, as my little tag says. Pray first. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, you can try it your way, or God's got an answer. You can invite the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit into your life. And the cool thing is, yeah, you will have emotions, but your walk with God will not be based upon your emotions. You know, whether you like it or not today, you're in this church and you're, you're sitting under a, a, a pastor that's become a crybaby. I just cry all the time. I mean, I just cry. Just, it, just, it just comes out. 
I'm beginning to feel like I'm the weeping prophet again, like Jeremiah. But, 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 but oftentimes, my tears are tears of joy. I mean, last week, 13 people got saved. I cried. Why? Because they were bound for hell. But today, they're my brother and sister. They're going to be a part of eternity forever and ever and ever. Man, if that's not worth shouting about or crying about, I don't know what else is. I know Marley and me's sad story, little dog dies and all, but listen, there's something better about being resurrected in Christ. I was, I was dead, but now I'm alive. I met with a man the other day, a guy that's come into my life recently, and, and I, I was just sharing with him, and, and, uh, and I, I, had, I had talked to him about the house of God, and I, and I asked him, so what do you know about God? And, you know, what his statement was, well, I'm this particular denomination. I said, oh, bro, I know, I know where you're coming from. I've been there. I didn't ask you about what abomination or denomination or, or bondage you're in. I, I'm, I'm asking you one simple question. Do you know him? Do you know him? Has Jesus become your everything? Is he your Lord, your Savior? This man looked at me like I had lost it. And yet, there was a longing in him. I know. I saw it in his eyes. Because on the outside, we can be rough and tough and think, man, we got it all together. But I'm telling you what, you lay your head on that pillow at night when the storms of life are coming. And you don't have the goods to even save yourself. And all of a sudden, you start realizing if today were the last day of my life, do I really believe that I'm just going into the ground and the dirt? And if that's what you believe, and that's what your hope is, you have been deeply lied to by the one that hates the one that loves you the most. You see, God created you for a purpose, for a reason created you with a desire to know him. The way you, that you maybe know your dad or your mom or maybe a brother or a sister, maybe you know your wife or maybe a child, where, where you've had intimate conversations and you've talked. See, that's, that's, that's the God that I serve. He's not some distant God out in the sky that once a week we come and we pay homage to, but, but he's the God that created the heavens and the earth, all that there is, he is. Yeah. And before there ever was, he already knew who you were. Yes. That's the coolest thing in the world to me, that in my mother's womb, God had already marked me. Yes. Somebody asked me the other day, I was commenting about their tattoo, cute little tattoo, and, and they said, oh, do you have tattoos? And I said, no. Well, I said, yeah, I do, but none that you can see. And they said, oh, I understand. They're, they're thinking I got one, you know, some, someplace like, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. I've been tattooed on my heart. And they were like, what? You, you got your heart tattooed? I said, yeah, it's the coolest thing. When I was eight years old, I went to an altar and I asked God to come in my life. And Jesus was right there. And he loved me. And he forgave me. And he whispered in my ear that 
I was something special. And that I was marked by Father. I had his DNA. Everything that I would be one day was already in me. It was already there. Ready, waiting to be developed, nurtured. The presence of the Holy Spirit right in my life. And he said, oh, son, before, before you were even in your mother's womb, God already knew who you were. Yeah, but well, what if I was in an accident? What if I, no, 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 no. With God, there are none. See, you're special. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your birth story is. God says you're his. And Satan hates you because of it. Some of you think that the devil or bad things happen to you just because you're that person that bad stuff happens to you. No, 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 no. You're hated because you look like the God that maybe you don't even know yet. See, God said, let us to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1. He said, let us make man in our image. They're going to look like us. And Satan hates you because you look like Father God. And God says, but you're mine. I marked you. I've loved you. I tattooed you in your heart. My DNA is in you and everything, everything that you ever need to accomplish what I've called you to do. Hear me, it's in you. Just waiting for you to come alive to him. God loves you so much. And the joy of my salvation, I have no words to describe. You couldn't give me $10 million and make me happier than I am on the reality that in this life, not only in the one to come, the hope of eternity, heaven, but right here, right now, God loves me. God has a plan for me, a future and a hope for me, for you, a purpose. Man, he wants you to know him so you can know the plans that he has for you. And the enemy will do anything, hear me, that he can do to keep you from knowing the plans that the Father has for you. He'll use sin. He'll use somebody hurting you. He'll use religion. He'll use your past. Hear me. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. And you owe a debt that you cannot pay. Because Jesus paid it for you. And all you can do is reject or receive. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to listen carefully to the words of this song. And then I'm going to speak to you for one more moment. I see my Savior. Love in his his body broken with no sin to hide. I see my Jesus eyes blind with blood 
his face is crimson his cry is love no wonder we call you close for just a moment believers are praying maybe you're watching online this morning or you're sitting in this room I want to tell you Jesus has made a way for you to come to the Father to receive the gift of salvation and the hope of eternal life Jesus paid the price for you already he knew who you are even knows what decision you will make but yet he stands at the right hand of the father making intercession for you because he loves you today I want to offer you the opportunity to know the one who loves you so much the one who created you in his image the one who put his DNA in you your gifts and who you are come from your Father who loves you so much. Today, Jesus has done everything he can to do for you. And now there's one thing left, and that is a choice that you get to make. I choose Jesus. I choose God. See, Jesus died for you, but he cannot make this choice for you. This alone is yours to make. Church is not enough. Religion's not enough. One simple thing, do you know him? And if not, this morning, I'm going to lead you in just a moment in a very simple prayer where we're going to invite the Father to be your daddy. Invite Jesus to be your Savior, your Lord. To surrender your heart and soul, mind and body to the one who paid the debt that you owe, that you cannot pay. He loves you. The wonder, as Jamie just sang, the wonder of what Christ did for you blows my mind. The joy of the salvation experience when we surrender and say, Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. If that's you this morning, believers are praying for you.
Would you just simply raise your hand up and hold it this morning? Let me identify it this morning. Let me lead you in this simple prayer and invite Jesus. Yes, God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Someone else, this is your moment today. This is your opportunity today. Bless you, Darcy. I see that hand. This morning, Holy Spirit's knocking at your heart's door. Don't let another day go by. This is, this is your moment. It's your time when you invite him to be Lord of your life. Anyone want to join these today? I don't want to be in a hurry because this is a choice. A choice that you need to look at seriously and then choose. Today he loves you so much. One more moment. Anyone? Holy Spirit's talking to you today. Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Yes, thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. All right, I'm going to invite the whole congregation right where you're seated, heads bowed before the Lord in reverence to who he is in our lives. We bow our hearts, our minds, our souls. Pray this prayer out loud with me. Everyone that raised your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand today. Maybe you're watching online. I can't see it, but God does. Maybe right now you wanted so much to raise your hand, but boy, there's a battle raging right here for your soul. Just pray this prayer out loud. There'll come a time when you can lift that hand or come to a pastor and say, today I did it. But pray this prayer with us. Pray it out loud. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, I want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to the earth and paying for my debt, for my sin. You took it upon yourself and you hung on the cross for me. Today, Jesus, I receive you as the Son of God and the only door to the Father. Jesus, forgive me of my sins, my failure, my past, but mostly of my rejection. Today, I'm not rejecting you any longer. Today, I choose you because you first chose me. And Father, thank you that you love me first. So now I can love you back. Today, I'm choosing you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins, cleansing my heart, my soul, and my mind, and redeeming me. Today, I declare I'm walking with you all the rest of the days of my life. I pray this, Father, in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord an ovation of praise for his goodness. We rejoice over these precious men that responded today. I want you just to stay seated for a moment. Jamie's going to lead this. Sing this song out loud with us. The words are on the screen. Sing this. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.